What's up, Bridgewater Nation? Welcome back to another episode of Bridgewater's Live tonight, episode number 86 with Jeremy Pope. Last weekend, Jeremy finished second place at the Super Bowl Trail Championship 50K. He has been an absolute beast, crushing all of his races this year, and he's just beloved by his local community. All it takes is one conversation with Jeremy to see his love for the sport and why his community loves him so much. It was a great conversation this evening, so sit back, relax, and enjoy. What is Crackalackin' Ridge Hunter Nation? Welcome back to another episode of Ridge Hunters Live. Tonight we are joined by an incredible runner who recently finished second place at the Super Bowl Trail Championships 50K this past weekend. This man has absolutely been crushing every single race he's entered in recently. And over the past couple of years now. I mean, the people that know him closely know this is not a recent phenomenon in his world. And, you know, all it takes is one conversation with Jeremy to see his love for the sport of ultra running. So we are super pumped up to sit down with Jeremy Pope tonight. Jeremy, how are you doing? Doing well, man. Uh, Thanks for having me on. We're super pumped to talk to you about, you know, all things in your ultra running career so far, as well as, you know, the race from this past weekend. So we'll dive into it shortly. We are joined tonight by JD3, the lovely John Delucky III, who ran at Shawnee State Forest for the first time this past weekend. How you doing, dude? Uh, humbled after this weekend. <laughs> that that area is very tough, but amazing to be at. Um, I'm doing great. I feel great. I just got back from a long run. Um, and, uh, I'm ready to get into this show tonight. So obviously let's start off with our favorite thing. Jeremy, what are you drinking over there? So local brew, JFB, and this is a, uh, what they call the burner IPA. That is an awesome can. Gotta love Worcester Brewery, honestly. I mean. Nice. What do you got, Wesley? I've got another local brew to me, Bitterroot Brewing Company, Snow Church Milkshake IPA. I've had this one a couple times now, but it's definitely a, uh, one of my staples out here. What about you, John? Did you ever learn what a milkshake IPA was, or did you not talk to Nick yet? <laughs> I, I, Cam was supposed to talk to Nick. I'm supposed to just uh, get the information from Cam and pass it along when the time comes. So I'll have that conversation with Cam, who will talk to Nick and get that squared away. John, what about you? Uh, I'm drinking another local beer from to me as well, uh, Northwater. So we can take it. There we go. Northwater Brewing Company. Yeah. Uh, I got the scooter again. It's an Imperial Stout. And um, I'm excited because it just kicked down at the brewery not too long ago. So this, I got two cans and I'm enjoying it. I, get, I, I miss the, uh, the uh, heavy stuff. I, I got just the light IPA. So this one's only 5.6%. So it sounds, milkshake okay. sounds heavy, but it's, it's surprisingly not. And you're getting ready for spring, right? We just had fall spring, obviously, this past weekend here in Ohio. And um, you just, you know, you got, once you got to change over, you got to change over and commit. Definitely. So let's start things off with just kind of getting to know you a little bit more about you and your ultra running career and kind of how you got up to this point. Um, I'm sure, you know, maybe you were, maybe when you first ran your first trail race, you were crushing it from day one, but take us back to what it was like, uh, kind of getting to the point where you are now and that kind of how you found trail and ultra running. Yeah. So, um, honestly, I, I only started running, I think it's probably been maybe seven to eight years. Um, at the time I was extremely overweight, overweight. Um, so I lost a little weight, uh, Got into running just two miles, three miles, you know, do your little local 5K, do those things. Um, But I started losing a lot of weight. Uh, I probably lost maybe 60 pounds in the process. So um, once I started doing that, it it was kind of fun, right? Like pounds are flying off. Like I was running more and more and more. Like I got the itch basically. Um... Signed up for Akron Half Marathon, ran the half marathon, and then it was maybe a month later I hopped into the Fuzzy Fandango uh, 25K and uh, thought I was dying out there, honestly. But I finished that and uh, honestly just had the trail itch from there. Um, I didn't get anything longer for a while. Um, I did a 50K or two maybe. Um, but I just kind of stayed on the road. Um, but I just kept getting beat up. It seemed like it was, I'd have a little block and then run a marathon. And it's like, 
something pops up, right? Um, down for a few weeks, down for a few months. Um, but then I noticed like every time I ran a trail, things were great. Like it always, it just seemed to recover well. Um, so that's kind of how I got the trail itch. Um, and then as of late, I've, I've just found good success in using races as little springboards for fitness, you know, when you don't necessarily have the time, um, have two kids and a wife we're busy. So just like picking a race and then build a race on a race as fitness, you know, when you can't, I mean, I'm not going to be able to have the time to go out and run 30 miles every week, but like, like some guys, so 30 milers, I mean, so. So the, um, just to remind everyone real quick, if you're watching live, go ahead and drop those questions in the chat and we'll make sure we get those to Jeremy. I kind of wanted to jump a little further into the beginning of that conversation regarding the, like the weight loss and, and that kind of journey. Yeah. Um, you know, I myself also had that same kind of similar journey in terms of losing weight. How did that, um, that, that weight loss affect your desire to keep running? Um, was that kind of the intent when you went out to like start running? Was it to try to lose a little bit of weight or did that just come as a side effect of another reason maybe? I, I think it was maybe a little bit of both. Um, it's, it was kind of like a little goal, and then it became more and more, you know, as I um, started to lose more and more weight, like I would feel better. I, I just, um, yeah. Cool. And then um, moving forward from that, the was it like, did it help you keep going, though? Uh, like, as like, was it like an extra motivational piece i guess further or to keep it off as you as you progress further down with your running career yeah i truly think it was i find i finally got to the point where i felt so good and i felt like my body was in a good state where it was the right weight maybe for me Mm -hmm. and then ultimately i truly just felt healthy at that point and that's that's kind of where i've been you know the past couple years weight fluctuates and stuff like that but i don't i try not to pay attention to it just um i tried dieting again a few times and ultimately just found like eating what i want in moderation drinking what i want in moderation and uh not making it miserable so yeah I love that. I love, I love one of the things I appreciate you saying is it's not focusing on like the, the number so much. You were just like, I felt good. Yeah. I just felt right. And that's, I think that's great. And that's, that's something that we should all strive for. I think in the feeling good. So I love that. Um, we got a question from David Creedon in the chat and says probably kind of good for later as well. Maybe we'll touch up on it later, but, uh, what kind of upcoming races you got this year? So the main goal, I guess here in the near future would be Mohican 100. So I've done the 50 there two times, I think. And then uh, the marathon three times, I think. So I think it's time to step up there. I agree for what it's worth. (laughs) (laughs) And it's a good year, like uh, all these guys going to Western states like Jacob and Arlen. (laughs) Yeah, interesting year for Ohio. Yeah, so let's, I gotta kind of want to go back a little bit too. You know, you kind of said that you like using races to kind of train for other races, and you know, you did that going into Super Bowl. Uh, you know, you ran the Rocks and Roots 50k less than a month before. Um, talk a little bit about you know, you mentioned why that philosophy you you use that philosophy, but talk about the benefits that you gain from it, and maybe on the confidence side of things too, like knowing okay, just a month ago I went out and ran this effort at this pace, and now I know I can go out and do this like. How does that translate for you on race day? Yeah, 100%. So um, I guess going into Rocks and Roots, I I wanted to see where I was and see uh, just kind of um, get a headspace, um, see where the fitness was, those types of things. Um, But I I think rather than um, just running a long run on the weekend, why not go somewhere? have fun, join up with people, um, race a little, just, um, 
truly to me, that's where like the fitness was building last year, just building race of race on race um, and doing it in a way that it made sense not to put myself in harm's way, I guess. And um, not to talk about injuries, but just uh, stay away from, I guess. Um, so like for rocks and roots, I just, I truly wanted to get out there and see what kind of headspace I was in, um, and just truly see where the legs were. So, and I think that benefited me on, on Saturday at Super Bowl. Um, yeah. And you talked about last year, how you use that is, you know, going into kind of one of your bigger races, Canal Corridor 100 miler. And I mean, you did this to a T last year, starting off with Mohican Marathon. Then you did Buckeye Trail 50K up in the distance ever so slightly, winning both of those races, then going to Burning River 50 miler a couple weeks later, winning that race before going to Twisted Branch 100K a couple weeks after that. And then, you know, having a six week or eight week window before Canal Corridor. Um, Cam, I know, is going to be ch chopping at me a little bit to ask this question. So it's, it's on behalf of Cam for this one. But are all these races A races for you and you're going into it with the mindset of I want to perform my best? Or is it more of the mindset of I want to go run a specific time for the first half of the race and then see where my legs kind of take me? Because, I mean, you won three out, three out of the five races and obviously a second place finish at Canal Corridor 100 is not a, uh, not a bad result either. Yeah, so I know it sounds a little cliche, like nothing out of there was necessarily an A race, I guess. Um, so at the beginning of last year, I had plantar fasciitis for three months straight, could not get rid of it, tried running, tried not running. It, it was miserable. The previous year to that, I tore my meniscus, um, at the beginning of the year. So I was, I honestly was just scared. Like I just, I didn't know how my body was going to hold up necessarily, I guess. So I signed up for Mohican marathon, ran it, recovered well. And I was like, kind of just looking around waiting for something to happen almost, you know? Um, and from there, like each race I did, I just signed up for the next, like a week after. Truly, I, I didn't have a plan in place. I just got out of the race, and I'm like, okay, I'm not, uh, no bullet holes. We're, we're okay here. So, um, I ultimately wanted to get a Western States qualifier. That was like one of my goals. Um, and I didn't know if Canal was feasible for myself. Um, that's why I kind of went to Twisted Branch. I could get the 100K. I could get the Western States Qualifier. And, like, it was out of the way almost. And then that gave me truly what I felt less pressure at Canal. So I could just go into Canal and see what, I, see what was there, honestly. So, and as far as, I guess, answering the time questions, um, Buckeye Trail 50K is a swamp fest every year. Uh, like a time goals there, I, I, it's hard to. I knew at Burning River 50, I was shooting for um, under seven hours, but didn't get there, which is fine. Like it was just um, rainy, muggy day, but um, yeah, ultimately it was awesome. Um, Twisted Branch, I had no clue what to expect. Like a gnarly race and an, just a beautiful race, honestly. I don't know if you guys have you guys experienced it or not, but mm -hmm. um, great race. So I think that answered most of it. For sure. And I appreciate that training advice. And I kind of want to dive into something uh, that you kind of brought up there as well before we finally go deep into Super Bowl Trail Championships 50K is I want to talk about your plantar fasciitis and the injury kind of coming back from that. And you mentioned that, you know, you tried not running, running. What was kind of the how you solved that? And like you said, you just tried running. Um, you know, Mohican to kind of build some confidence back from the marathon distance yeah. there. But what were the confidence builders before that, that you kind of took that you realized, okay, you're kind of able to possibly give it a go. Honestly, um, my success was, um, 
I see uh, Leo Kormanek at Ohio Sports Chiropractic. And after not running for, I think it was four weeks with plantar, uh, and it w- literally the plantar fasciitis didn't change. It was the same as day one, honestly. So obviously frustrated. Leo literally said to me, we just need to blue collar this thing and go to work on it. So I had a little regiment that I did regimen that I did every night. I scraped it with a scraping tool. Um, just calf raises every single night. Um, and I think it was probably, I, I got back to running slowly. Um, I think it was within like three weeks. It truly just started to let up and it was almost like it just gave up. So like maybe five weeks after that, I was good to go. So then leading into Mohican, I just, um, I had runs that were pain-free and that's, that was literally, I was like, okay, let's just, let's see what 26 miles does. Uh, Sounds like you, uh, it worked out for you in the end. You got a nice, nice year going for you. And, uh, I think you were, didn't you also run, um, big foot right at the end of the year? Yeah. 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 That was also a swamp fest, wasn't it? I've seen some muddy races. I'm not so sure that, uh, I mean, that was, that was the muddiest race I've ever been a part of. Yeah. It looked, it looked that way with everyone who was coming across the, the finish line there. A couple of quick comments from the chat here. Maggie's in there. It says beautiful is not my description of twisted branch, but I love the positivity. Um, and then Rob, Rob Ballou is in the chat also. And it's two questions from him. It says, uh, any plans to run Bob's big timber this year? And, what uh, do you primarily train on roads or trails? I would say um, the twisted branch comment, I guess, uh, visually speaking. <laughs> um, so as far as like the big timber, like the backyard stuff, I, I just don't, uh, does not interest me at all. I, I'm, I'm not sure why. But so no, no to Bob's big timber, but, um, what was the other question I missed? The other one was, um, do you primarily train on road or trails? Primarily road, honestly. Um, I try to get a long run in on the trail, but two kids, wife, full-time job. It's just, it's, it's, it's roads. So. It's quite impressive though to see you like up and down those hills and the trails so fast and your primary training is roads. But I'm assuming there's at least some ups and downs on the roads out there in Worcester, but here in that area. Worcester's yeah. Worcester's hilly, but um Yeah. You must not have seen me on the fourth loop there at Super Bowl then, I don't think. <laughs> so you finish and you seem pretty strong coming up that little little piece right there. So um but speaking of that, let's dive into the Super Bowl and let's talk about that whole race, all the different loops, the course itself, and let's start with um, like why the Super Bowl 50K. So it's 15 minutes from my house, so that, that's helpful. Um, but no, it's just it like if you're running trails within Worcester, that's the only place to go. So. It's truly the backyard course. It's a um, so it's a course itself is a is four loops of about seven some miles, if I'm correct, with yeah. I think a thousand ish per loop, basically a thousand feet. Yeah. Um, and most of it seemed I saw half the course and it was pretty, pretty runnable. Um, not super rooty, but um, looked like a fun groovy course to be on. Yeah. Um, so how did that how did that first uh, that first two loops go, you line up at the start and y'all took off out of there real fast. Um, how'd that go? Um, yeah, I think you described the course to a T really. Um, it is runnable, but there, it seems it's just chopped up enough to where you can't like get in a groove. Um, there's seven miles and there's probably like six or seven big hills in there. So it's like, you don't even have a mile of just constantly 
flow in trails. Um, so we, I guess the gun went off and so did Alex. And then we kind of, uh, then there were the rest of us. So, um, I ran with Jacob, Jacob Conrad for the first, uh, two loops side by side, basically. Um, so I think it was the end of the second loop. Then Brock Martin caught up to us. Um, and then the three of us ran the whole entire third loop together. Um, there were some games in there of, uh, people taking the lead and dropping back. Uh, but really we just kind of, um, rolled through conversation, um, telling jokes, you know, like the whole deal. So just truly blowing time, waiting for the fourth loop to happen, basically. So, Yeah, from my perspective, when I saw you guys all come through in a, in a line like that, it was just like you know, it was a little squad goals rolling through. And I was like, are you all drafting, trying to keep someone fast so that you all can catch up with like Alex or what's going on here? <laughs> Is it everyone versus Alex? Or what? <laughs> I think it would take three to beat Alex, honestly. <laughs> he was uh, he was pushing pretty hard, it seemed like, on that. Um, but let's – so that fourth loop then, so then you started getting – obviously, you said some little jockeying going on beforehand, but the fourth loop, you know, it's when it really matters at that point. Who pushed when and, and how did you bring yourself back up? Because when I saw you, you were in the tail end of that, that pack. Yeah, so I spent the whole third loop um, I'm not sure what I was doing, honestly, <laughs> maybe feeling bad for myself or something. I'm not, um, I was losing contact with those guys and I just, um, kind of rolled through some calories, told myself to just, um, kind of regroup, don't lose contact with them, but, or at least be able to see them. Um, I think when I saw you, John, and on Saddleback there, I was kind of losing contact with them, but, um, I think Brock was maybe pushing a little and Jacob was uh, hanging on to Brock. And by the end of that loop, I had kind of caught up. Then I think the calories kicked in. And um, when we entered the fourth loop, um, I think Jacob had a little cramping and stuff um, that he was working through. So Brock got in front of me at the start of the fourth loop and, uh, started pressing a little and uh we were honestly just kind of feeding off of each other and um i think it was maybe midway through that loop i knew there was a little bit easier section down to the creek um i just kind of pressed a little bit there and i think it was just enough to hold off brock for those last maybe uh three or four hills so but i mean honestly brock was what, maybe three minutes behind me? Yeah. So, I mean, he was right there. Yeah, he wasn't too far back. So, yeah, I was sitting there waiting for him. I was like, well, who's going to come around that corner? Because I, I had known that you guys all went out together, and I was, like, just waiting to see who would jockey where. So it was kind of exciting, and it was fun to watch. Um, I love when I see, you know, things, you know, come down to, like, a race. It, it makes it way more exciting to watch. Um, so. And then when you when you finished off um, – what was the, how'd you feel from that? Like you, you've, you've said, you know, you're kind of building up and you're probably going to build up towards the end of this year as well with this feel good and feeling strong and, and stuff like that. I honestly think I, I hit all of my calories and stuff. Like I had a good, like nutritional day. Um, so honestly I finished feeling really good. So I felt good about that. Um, bodies felt great this week and, do you like uh, races being kind of a closer race? Um, I, I think if my memory serves me right, I think you've had a, you had a pretty close and incredible battle during Burning River. I think it was 2018. <laughs> and I think this is one of the craziest stories in ultra running history, possibly, um, at that race that took place. And so like, this is the thing with you, with your races, that you kind of like to people to hang out and you like to hang out on other people and just like kind of beat them at the end? I don't know. I... Uh... I, I didn't plan that one, that's for sure. Uh, uh, shoot. I, I, yeah, I don't know. I'd, I'd honestly rather um, 
maybe get out in front and run away from people and have them chase me, but uh, it's kind of worked for me in the past, um, dropping back and being conservative and kind of picking up the pieces. Um, I don't know. I don't know which one I like better. Yeah. I think we should um, tell the story of Burning River for those who, who may not know it. It's fairly epic, honestly. Yeah, <laughs> there's yes. a video. There's a video somewhere um, that Brian Poland took. I'll have to link it in the description afterwards. Yeah, I'll like, paint a little bit of a picture, at least from from my memory. And I think you know, Burning River 2018. Jeremy Pope is you know a couple miles, probably a mile from the finish line, and uh, you know he sees a headlight up in front, and it must have been BP pacing him there. And uh, Sean Pope, if I remember correctly was unrelated but he was winning the race and jeremy stole the win from him with you know what a quarter mile to go a half mile to go or something like that that's pretty much spot on i basically coming in second turn left on um i forget the street but burning river finishes up at high ho brewing company and i knew the finish was close and it was my first hundred just kind of rolling with the punches you know second place like insane um look ahead and there's sean unfortunately um hobbling along he, he wasn't doing so hot and uh i was apparently fine i guess uh so we um truly it felt like a full-blown sprint is what it felt like for the last mile and Basically, nobody at the finish line knew Sean didn't win kind of thing. It was uh, it was a bizarre, bizarre finish, honestly, but uh, it was interesting to say the least. It has to be one of the most epic 100-mile stories, um, you know, that I've ever heard of. You know, just being able to kind of steal a win at the end, you know, you fight for, for so many miles, and then it all comes down to, you know, a half mile. and Literally. You know, that's what it. That's what it's all about. Or even seventeen hours of uh, <laughs> running to then run for six minutes up a hill. Yeah, I was saying it's not flat there, is it? No, and the, the finish is all uphill. <laughs> um, Rob Blue in the chat says, "Search Wooster VR." I just watched it the other day. It's epic. So we'll have to get it, and we'll, we'll link it below. So those uh, watching. <laughs> or listening back later can, can click on that link and go watch it. So it's literally the entire last mile. Like, I'm not sure he, he was just taking a video to take a video and uh, crazy. It's so hype. Like he, he's underselling it a little bit here. It's like <laughs> the greatest all shorting video that's <laughs> out there in the history of the world. I think I had, I had like 4,500 views at one point. It's kind of crazy, but. Yeah, no, that, that's awesome. We had to had to touch on that a little bit because, you know, it seems like, you know, with Super Bowl kind of, you know, you're hanging out a little bit that kind of, you know, jogged the memory a little bit of, of that fun story. But um, I kind of want to talk about, you know, it's, some, some sources were out there at the race as well. And they said, you know, throughout the day, you know, this isn't John as well, but they said, you know, you look super fresh all day. And, you know, even at the finish line, when you finished, it looked like you just like got done with a local 5K that you jogged, you know, early on in the day. Is that kind of your mindset when you're out there? like trying to like look your best and then when you finish the race kind of you know the people you interact with or you know just always having a smile on your face and you know it, making it look easier than it really was is that something that you focus on or is that just kind of come naturally for you i'd say that was kind of uh, uh maybe an outlier honestly i I, do, I honestly don't know how i i looked and felt as good as i did saturday um again i think i just I took maybe six or eight gels throughout. Like I felt like I got good calories in and my stomach didn't turn at any point on me, um, which I, I truly believe that's all the difference in like finishing, feeling okay, finishing, feeling good, or just getting to the finish line and then piecing yourself back together, right? <laughs> 
Yeah. I mean, when you, I mean, obviously when you're able to kind of eat more out there and, you know, you don't yeah. come into the finish line, you know, as cooked per se. And, you know, I'm notorious for doing this, like, oh, six miles left in the race. No, you eat a ca- any calories here. Yeah. You totally good to just, you know, suffer my way through. And then you get there and you're, you know, you're gassed, but, um, talk about what your nutrition was like on the day, you know, what gels were you eating specifically? And did you eat from yeah. any of the aid stations out on the course? So I, I honestly, I try to never use an aid station and I just take it as like a bonus. And I guess in that way, I'm a little lucky. My wife loves to support my habit. Um, so she's typically always there and or a buddy um, to help crew. So I, I used, um, I think, somewhere around six to eight Morton gels. And for whatever reason, like Morton's have been super beneficial for me and no stomach upset, nothing. Knock on wood. Um, as far as like other calories on the day, man, I take a light um, noon tab. That's all I drink. Um, so I had four of those basically, you know, four loops. Um, and then I had a little, uh, honey stinger waffle and it truly just everything sat, sat well on the day. Um, so, and then obviously the Coke, I think is my go-to, uh, go-to pop. So I was waiting for the, the extra thing. You're like, all, yeah. t- all, all like There's nice food, this structured <laughs> yeah. nutrition that everyone's supposed to stay to on a race. And then I was like, where's the Coke? Where's the M&Ms? Where's the something that's extra? I'm glad. I'm glad. So that is that is a, an aid station binge, I guess, is the uh, M and M's. The Morton gels. I've not. I don't know those ones. What are the, what kind of like what? Is it just a standard looking like gel, or is it like a? I don't. I guess I don't know much about that one. I honestly don't know the all the details on Morton. Um, truly, just it it tastes like nothing, basically. <laughs> just like a. Um, Almost like you're eating Jello, flavorless Jello. Hmm. Might be like a good backup thing to keep in a in the bag. For they aren't cheap. I will say that. I don't think any of the sports nutrition stuff's cheap nowadays. Yeah. My gnarly and and uh, spring energy bills are <laughs> outrageous sometimes. <laughs> My like, man, working out of the budget. <laughs> I know. It's like I, I joined. I started running. I was like, oh, this is the cheap hobby. Yeah, no. Not at all. I think the Morton maybe are they three three dollars or something? You know, that's about. What I had 25, 25 bucks of eating on the day there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when you look at it that way, you're like cringe. Ugh. But it is what it is. Obviously, it works, so it's worth the quality. Um, so I think that kind of wraps up for the most part the the Super Bowl fifty k. Um, I know we t- I briefly. Would say- with uh, just to like kind of recap on Super Bowl, mm-hmm. awesome course, and the four loops seems daunting, I guess, a little. But when you run the race, like to me, it just doesn't seem like a 50k. Like that loop seems shorter than seven miles, ultimately, truly feeling like less than a 50k. Um, but awesome course awesome race mm-hmm. and everyone there looked like they're having a blast and all the people who were on that for their first 50k or 25k was was great to see so it's a good community too i think there which is what's great and brian brian does a good True. in that kind of community to his races so um just remind everyone again throw those questions in the chat make sure we get those to jeremy throughout the rest of the evening here um I guess let's look towards the future some more. I know we briefly touched upon this, but uh, kind of like maybe more structured about like what, what's your plan of attack for these upcoming races and what your training block's going to look like and maybe some of those goals. So for sure doing Mohican 100 in June. Um, I'll probably try to piece in some smaller races before then. Um, I think that after that... I'm going to regroup on the, the fall. Um, 
I'd love to get back to JFK and check that out again. Um, and then I think ultimately I'd love to shoot for Bandera again after missing Bandera with COVID um, for whatever reason, you know, like I think I need to give it another shot. Um, head west, west of the Mississippi, I guess. Never been, uh, never been to races out west. So um, I truly just love to go out there and um, see what happens. Truly, so I think I, I think ultimately I'd love to go to JFK, possibly um, like a Columbus Marathon before JFK on the way to Bandera. So I think those are kind of um, ideas. Yeah, no, that's a super stout schedule. And, uh, you know, you've done JFK, like you mentioned in the past. Uh, do you kind of, what's one of the main reasons for kind of wanting to return to that race, um, you know, after so many years? I mean, I guess it's only been two years, but it seems so, like it's been t- 10. <laughs> truly does. <laughs> so the when, that was my first race after um, having a torn meniscus. So... I think I was kind of like out of touch with the whole like ultra distance at that point. Um, my legs have truly never hurt so bad. Uh, that race, um, it was tough, honestly. I So I had tore my meniscus at the beginning of that year. Um, kind of sort of came back a little bit at a time but it took me a long time um, until I felt like I could run 50 miles basically. Right. Um, So truly I think that would be the main reason behind JFK just to get back um, in shape and feeling like I could um, go that distance. So, and I had that year I had, like I ran well, um, but there was just a chunk in the middle where I, hadn't experienced like that ultra pain for a while and uh just kind of like lost contact with it i guess yeah no that's i mean that's obviously one of the tougher races and one of the most competitive races on the east coast so we're excited to see you kind of go down there and you know run it run with you know some of the best people you know on the east coast and in the country that come in for that one so that'll be uh super fun to see um looking kind of uh community-wide now kind of you know i feel like a lot of people you know that have gotten to know you in the community or through ultra running you know kind of look up to you in, in a way what do you how do you feel about you know the local running community and kind of you know that that those feelings that you know some people may have for you yeah absolutely um i feel like it within worcester um i made a huge connection with folks like through vertical runner honestly um I had a couple of businesses of my own and I just worked there part time, but it worked, um, with my schedule and everything, but it was nice to, you know, fit people up with shoes and talk running every single day. Like it was, it was a good time. Um, so I think like a lot of people got to know me then, um, outside of that, you know, like even heading up towards Cleveland and everything in those races, I just got to know everyone up there through races. Um, so both, both communities, like they're great. Um, Worcester, obviously Brian has built the community a little bit with, uh, with vertical runner. So that has been awesome. You know, people have come together. Um, yeah, I feel like there's like little pockets, right? Uh, yeah, we didn't talk about it, but I, I actually grew up in Southern Ohio, mm. obviously before I was running, I grew up in Logan, um, but wish I ran then, but John, what do you got? I uh, got two quick comments from the chat here again. Um, both from Rob, Rob's our, our active special guest tonight. Um, this is awesome. any thoughts on returning to Thunderbird? Jacob Conrad is going this year. And then secondary comment says, I, for one, am super proud to see how far he's come since we shared a 12-mile trip to fan run. Um, yeah. 
Yeah, so I met Rob on that run. Brian does like a uh, Thanksgiving, so it's a Black Friday, two miles repeatedly, two hours worth. Do as many as you can. Every time you complete two miles, you throw a ticket in the hopper and draws for prizes or whatever. But so that was that was where I met Rob. Um, I guess I missed the question there. I uh, said, so are you going to return to Thunderbird? Oh, it's going to be there. This uh, Thunder Bunny. Yeah. I said Thunderbird. That's why I was like, uh, that's why I was sitting here like, uh, I don't know this one, but. There's a speedway, I think, in Michigan. <laughs> Thunder Bunny. He's, he's quick enough. Yeah, Thunder Bunny. I'll be down there, not running, but hanging out. Actually, I think that's where I met Wesley for the first time. Yeah, I was I was gonna say I was trying to remember which which race, but I mean yeah. I feel like I've seen you at you know a dozen or more races at this point now. But I think yeah, Thunder Bunny twenty seventeen. Sounds right. I th- so I, I helped my wife get the kids to bed that night. Uh, drove all the way down. I think it was three hours or something. Slept in my truck and ran the race the next morning, and it was absolutely awesome. But ah. Uh, I wanted to get back this year, and I don't think the date is going to work. So I got roped into um, coaching my daughter's uh, third and fourth grade lacrosse team. So coaching and full-time job. So Sound like a busy man. That's awesome that they have lacrosse that, that young, by the way. That's super neat as a former person who worked in lacrosse i thought it was kind of did you really yeah for for a bit yeah it was a short short time but it was cool to it's it's a growing sport and you know it's huge it's it's crazy to see uh, how it's kind of taken off in different parts of the country now But yeah, let's kind of transition now to um, kind of some of our quicker questions that we kind of like to end the show with. And, you know, if you have any final questions for Jeremy, feel free to drop those in now. But I've got a couple good ones. In, uh, oh, here we go. What's one thing that you can't leave an aid station without that you haven't mentioned already? So outside of Coke and M&M's, some sort of cookie for sure. Like just whatever cookies there, um, uh, I, whether it's an oatmeal cream pie or an Oreo, like it has to. <laughs> it's awesome. I usually go towards the sweets, whatever's sweet. Nice. Um, let's see here. I like I like asking this one because it's it's great. Uh, what ball sport do you think you could uh, beat most ultra runners in and or beat Wesley in? Ah. Uh, it would i think i could hold my own in basketball outside of that i i don't have much girls lacrosse if that's a is that an option i was gonna say i i I cannot throw a lacrosse ball myself or catch one so if you could do that you've you've got probably 99.9 percent of uh, all trunners beat on that I'm not big enough to play uh, men's lacrosse, so. It's <laughs> awesome. Uh, what's the weirdest hallucination you've had mid-race or the strangest thing you've seen somebody eat at an aid station at a race? Man, I, <laughs> I've seen some odd stuff um, helping out at um, oh, the North Coast 24-hour run. <laughs> Running for 24 hours um, on a one-mile loop, people start to get a little weird. Um, uh, I guess maybe the we had a guy one time, um, it was at middle of the night at the 24-hour race there. He wanted a cracker, but he was worried that this cracker would be stale because it was sitting out at the aid station. Uh so he had his wife try the cracker before he could eat the cracker. <laughs> that's I awesome. Think that's, um, yeah. Yeah, I love that story. That's great. Yeah. Because I mean, I don't, I don't think I've ever, I don't think I've hallucinated at any races yet um, that I know of. Keyword so. yet. <laughs> it's, 
Um, so I need to get in the backyard ultra. I think that's just what that proves. Uh, <laughs> You're not trying hard enough. <laughs> uh, yeah. I like to go to sleep every night, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> I'm with you. Um, if ultra running had walk-up songs like baseball, what would yours be? It's a great question. I honestly, um, it's going to be rap for sure. Um, and it, I think it would be Hate It or Love It by The Game. I think it's The Game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, adding some rap to the the playlist. I like this. This is, yeah. uh, you know, our Spotify Tunes of the Nation playlist available on uh, Spotify in the links below. And um, I think, yeah, that is a good addition to uh, – to the to the playlist so we're, we're pumped about that one i think in an ultra like my ipod has anything from um the frozen tr- soundtrack to pearl jam to tupac so nice that's awesome that's that's are you a music person when you run like it you know during races or on training runs naturally i'm usually not anything 50 miles or over I'll use it as like bait for myself, you know, just like a little reward, maybe halfway through or something. That's kind of been one of my big things recently in training is like I've been using music a little too much. You know, it's kind of a little cool, colder out here and, you know, running in, in the evenings or whatnot. You know, it's, a little bit of music has been a little, little, little more motivating for me to get out the door recently. But I got to cut that habit as soon as uh, the best holiday of, of the year comes up next week with daylight savings time. So it should be uh, should be beneficial for everyone. I do agree on that being the best holiday of the year. I love when the clocks change forward. I mean, you lose an hour I've sleep. I've never but, heard that. But it's amazing. It's, it's easily the most underrated holiday of the year, but personally, I think it's one of my top holidays of the year. So, I think I'm with you. That's awesome. And then uh, one of our final questions here, if you could run with one person in the history of the world, even if they aren't a runner and they would be able to run with you and keep your pace, who would it be and where would you run? So I think... Um, I think this answer has kind of changed in the last couple of years here, but um, I think it would for sure be Tommy Ribs, and it would be 100% in the Grand Canyon. Awesome yeah. Answer. Yeah, it would be interesting conversation to have. That's why it would be very cool. Just an unbelievable, unbelievable dude. So wealth of knowledge, like just who knows where the conversation would go, right? Yeah, I'm excited for his new uh, walking series. If it's not already out already, um, that's going to be released very shortly. So I'm going to be tuned into that. And you just the insights that you know he provides are um, super special. So hundred percent, I'm pumped for that. I don't run on a treadmill much, but when I do, it's like anything that can get you through it. Right? It's like just Tommy Ribs talking about uh what flower is on the side of the trail and what it offers yeah so good um do you have any uh last sponsors or social media plugs or any anyone you want to say thanks to before we uh wrap up here um no sponsors uh no i mean you can follow me on instagram at at pope runs um I guess be, being like a Super Bowl uh, kind of interview, I guess thanks to Jacob for sharing three three laps. Um, you know, tons of good conversation there. And then thanks to Brock Martin too. Um, I was honestly worried he was going to kick my butt there on that fourth loop. Uh, he kept me honest. So I think that's it. No thanks to Alex Gold. Uh, <laughs> well he won I mean, I, yeah. we never get to see alex so it's like i don't know uh, yeah yeah he goes i think he said something like um can't wait to share some miles together or something and i was i, I didn't know what he was talking about but you, you meant the post-race cool down or something it was no, um, alex is so great He's good people. It was it was great though when I I got to see everyone cross uh, the, the leaders from you know 
both um, male, female come through and you were the, like we were talking about earlier, the only one who wasn't hands on knees dying um, when you crossed the finish line, like looking fresh. So. I think I got a little bit of adrenaline from somebody giving me hope. I don't know. Somebody told me out there that Alex was hurting. I don't, I was like, I'm sure this is like false information or something. I don't know. But, uh, there, there might've been some adrenaline there. Well, um, I think that's all we have for this evening. Uh, thanks for joining us tonight, and thanks for talking to us and sitting down and talking about Super Bowl. And it, it was wonderful to get to hear your story and, and learn more about you. Um, thanks to everyone in the chat, everyone for being active. Rob, you get the special chat award for the evening for <laughs> asking so many questions. It's great. Um, other than that, I, I think that's everything, right, Wesley? Yeah, I think that's everything. Uh, stay tuned. We'll be live next Monday for Voss Talks at 8 p.m. Eastern for an Ohio's Backyard Ultra preview with the race director Michael Owen for that race. So if you're running that race or you want to uh, tune in to the, the preview show, you'll be able to call in live to Voss Talks, and it should be a super special episode. So join us next week, Monday at 8 p.m. for our next show. Yeah, bring two beers because it's going to be a long one. You're going to need that second one. We may break a record for the longest Voss Talks on, uh, on that episode, so that would not shock me. But thanks so much for joining us, everyone, tonight, and we'll see you next week. Ridge Runner Nation, thank you again for tuning in to another Ridge Runners live show. Remember, if you haven't already, subscribe to the podcast on Apple iTunes. While you're at it, if you found value in this show, we'd appreciate a rating on Apple Podcasts or simply tell a friend about the show. That would help us out as well. If you don't follow us on social media, make sure to give us a follow. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And of course, join our Strava Club so you can get mentioned in the Strava Rundown every single week. We'll see you next week, Rosario Nation. Oh, 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 oh,